0: This is what I've learned from women, a podcast for creatives, business owners, and quiet rebels. I'm your host, Claire Cooflin, a certified coach specializing in helping women find their inner rebel and live life on their terms. Each episode will share stories and empower and support each other. This is episode five. In today's episode, I have the lovely Anna Dunleavy. She is a fantastic coach and wonderful wedding photographer. Seriously, go look at her photography. It's beautiful. We have been friends for a long time now. I'd say three, four years. We met during co-working together and yeah, just really hit it off. So I'm really excited for you to hear this episode. It's a really nice chat and I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Anna. Welcome. Hi, Claire. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's great to have you. It was really nice that you could join me today. Yeah, I'm really,
1: really pleased to to kind of have a chat with you. Obviously, having known you for quite a few years, I think it'll be an interesting conversation.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's, I'm very excited. So do you want to tell everyone a little bit about what you do? Yeah,
1: so... I always struggle with that question actually. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm a photographer and a coach and so I suppose I'll kind of rewind a little bit. Um, I started my photography business um, about 10 years ago um, and I predominantly now just focus on wedding photography and that Mm -hmm. is still my kind of main source of income and I'm also a trained coach and predominantly work with women who run creative businesses so that's kind of
0: my little niche I guess um for the time being anyway and you've done the self-belief um qualification with SAS haven't you
1: I have yeah yeah that was um so was kind of like a second qualification that I did in coaching that really like as soon as she announced it I knew that Mm -hmm. I wanted to do it self-doubt as a topic is is really yeah I find it really interesting and I, mm. I knew that that was something that I really wanted to kind of delve deeper into um and so yeah um completed that kind of six month uh qualification and just yeah learned learned a lot and I think it helped me to refine a little bit about you know in terms of my um ap- not only approach but actually the kind of the yeah the type of coaching I want to be doing as well so
0: yeah Mm, nice yeah I love her message it's great it's really interesting
1: yeah yeah I really just resonated with it on a personal level more than anything I think Mm. and also I think noticing how much self-doubt plays a part in you know the women I do tend to work with they kind of it tends to sneak in here and there and it's not often um, (laughs) it's not very clear often that Mm -hmm. that that's what it is sometimes you know perhaps we can be procrastinating but actually Mm -hmm. there might not always but there might be sometimes a reason why that is and uh, so yeah it's a fascinating topic that in a a way actually I I wish that I had studied psychology at at university Mm -hmm. Um, it makes me want to go back to uni because there are just so many different topics within that, that, you know, I'd really love to kind of delve deeper into. Um, but obviously, I'm a little bit older now, have some responsibilities, and it's not quite <laughs> as simple as um, going to university as it was when I was younger. So, so yeah, but it's, um yeah,
0: it's just something that I continue to kind of want to learn about. So, yeah, yeah a really interesting topic and I see it showing up in my own life around that kind of procrastination and yeah that's why I'm really fascinated with it and love the work that you kind of do. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay so should we start with the questions? Yeah let's go yeah. for it. Okay so what's the best advice you've ever been given? So actually I struggled with that question a tiny bit because
1: um, I couldn't think of like one piece of advice that I've been given or You know I couldn't think of this like one profound moment where someone shared something and I was like yes this is something I need to carry forward but actually what I what came to mind when I was thinking about that question is not necessarily advice that I was given specifically but something that I saw modeled to me um and really it centers around kind of um taking joy in kind of small and simple things in life and I really see that in my mum who doesn't necessarily want for much for herself she's quite she doesn't ever I, I never hear her talk about the things she doesn't have you know she talks about with you know great joy about the things she does have, like her garden, and you know buying a plant that she really loves, and it's the small and simple things that, um, yeah, I think we perhaps need to notice more. And actually, so so having that model to me has been, like I say, not necessarily advice, but actually something that I'm only now, like when I'm you know as I kind of grow older, I think I'm I'm um, appreciating more and more.
0: Mm, that's really lovely because it is one of the things in it that's that kind of the small things in life we do take them for granted sometimes and I know that you like gardening you've mm. got a lot of rent and you enjoy doing that and I do with gardening I'm probably not as much into at the moment as I have been in the past but those small <laughs> things do make a big difference right yeah and well and that's the interesting thing and I think
1: had you asked me that question maybe maybe even three years ago perhaps my answer would have been completely different and I think there was a part of me when I was younger that was um, perhaps curious about not necessarily wanting more or bigger things Mm. you know I I perhaps didn't quite understand it and actually the older I get the more I realize that actually it is the kind of small life moments and yeah just the the things that we you know have around us um, day to day that are kind of more important than than sometimes the things we strive for culturally so so yeah yes. and yes I have now got an allotment and I was never interested in gardening at all until about three years ago mm. when we took on an allotment um we were very lucky to kind of have it um offered to us in the first lockdown in 2020 and yeah I've just it's, it's been such an amazing project to get into especially during that tough time and we had no outdoor space at the time so it was a real yeah we you know we were so excited to see the first shoots of plants that we'd sown yes. and 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 I guess yeah, it goes back to that kind of joy in the small things it was really joyful and it really brought joy to us at a time where perhaps there wasn't much of it in the kind of outside world so um yeah, we really focused in on that kind of small um, small things, I guess. And, and yeah, and that brought a lot to us. Um, I think it definitely carried me through uh,
0: the difficult uh, months. Yeah, nice. Okay, so how would you say you've changed over the last 10 years?
1: Um, good question. <laughs> <laughs> I think... More than anything, I think it's probably the kind of and I, I don't want to kind of sound too cliche, but I think it's the kind of journey I've been on in terms of personal growth mm-hmm. and self-awareness that has grown over the years. Um, you know, through working with coaches, through just um perhaps reading the things that I've read, through working with a therapist. I think there have been certain things that have happened in my life that I've been able to kind of um, work through and understand better. And I think, so I think that personal growth um, is probably the one thing that is the biggest change, I would say, in those 10 years. And, you know, motherhood, that's definitely mm. comes into it. You know, that's definitely taught me many lessons as well. So I think, yeah, all of those things combined, I think it's, it's I've, I've grown a I think as a person mm. through through that kind of self inquiry, I guess, and and mm. actually through the kind of coaching qualifications as well. I think um one of the things that you know Sas Petherick as an example does through her course is you kind of work through your own self-doubt and mm. it's very much about self-reflection um that you then take to kind of um into your coaching practice with clients and Um, so I think that in itself has been really massively helpful. And so I guess that investment in my, um, learning has kind of contributed to that personal growth as well. Um, but as I say that, you know, it's, it's not like I've ticked all the boxes now and arrived at some, at some, you know, magical place. It's, um, it's very much a, you know, lifelong journey of just acceptance and learning and, and, and yeah but I've kind of opened that door over the last 10 years I guess um, and so yeah
0: I, I keep moving forward in that direction. Hmm. That's really lovely to hear I think it's one of those things that as humans as we get older we do tend to do that I think a lot of people I talk to and whether that's just because they're the kind of people I navigate towards I don't know but a lot of people go on that journey and it's a really interesting one to go on a lot of delving deep and a lot of reflection I say and it can be really powerful
1: it can be and I guess actually you're right that perhaps it is the people that we necessarily perhaps are drawn to who are also mm-hmm. on that same journey because maybe instinctively you know we recognize that in them mm-hmm. um, and and yeah and, and actually as a result I've really kind of I love the connections that I've made because of that because I've been able to be open about my own experiences and have those kind of more deep conversations. Um, and I think that's probably why I'm drawn to coaching as a, you know, as a thing as well, because I I don't particularly like <laughs> the kind of chit chat of, mm-hmm. you know, it's, we have nice weather today. I really <laughs> enjoy deep kind of meaningful conversations. And so, I guess, yeah, I guess I'm attracted to that um, by nature. So,
0: okay. So, who is a woman that has inspired you, and why? So, um, I had a couple of um,
1: <laughs> a couple of examples, mm-hmm. but I'm going to go with someone who um, I actually um, worked with, but also became friends um, with over the last few years and it's um Caroline of the kitchen uh, she makes um these kind of beautiful biscuits with a with kind of really lovely um supportive messages um and particularly over lockdown I think obviously you know that that business was um I think a real highlight in some people's uh, days perhaps to receive you know a nice little package with really lovely and thoughtful kind of um goodies in there um but she's actually raising money for a charity and learning to ride a unicycle and Mm. watching her stories and watching her perseverance in doing that I find so inspiring because that's not something that you know we would normally (laughs) set out to do um Mm. And so, yeah, I find that really, really inspiring, that perseverance of, like, literally having to get back up because she's fallen off, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think if that's not a metaphor for life, I don't know what is, you know? It's <laughs> it's that continued, yeah, striving to to achieve her goals. Um, and obviously the fact that ultimately that goal is to raise money for a charity that she cares, cares about. I think it's... Um, mm-hmm yeah just yeah I admire it so much
0: oh wow I didn't know that I do follow her as well sorry I'm gonna have to now go and find her (laughs) because that sounds amazing (laughs) yeah I just I've just loved watching her
1: stories of like Mm -hmm. actually I've had a really tough day you know I've I didn't nothing is you know it's not clicking into place just yet but she keeps going and actually as I say that it reminds me of someone else who um I believe her, her name's Sarah King I think um of a kind of a, a company who used to be called We Are Radical I think mm. um it's now rebranded as OBU I think um they're she, she's yeah she's um a kind of a local businesswoman and mm. she set out to um become an endurance athlete last year wow. and so I followed her journey again, just through watching kind of what she was up to on Instagram Mm -hmm. of training to do an endurance event um, of climbing a mountain and the climb was equal to climbing Mount Everest. So they would go up and then come back down and and do that multiple times until they've achieved uh, the distance. And again, it's just that pure determination to achieve that goal. And ultimately just showing up you know showing up constantly and that so I found yeah found those stories really really inspiring um yeah perhaps perhaps something to revisit maybe later in life when I want to set myself a, a big lofty
0: goal <laughs> wow gosh that's amazing I do love watching people do things extreme or interesting you know that kind of the unicycle and then extreme challenge like that it must be yeah, fascinating to watch. Yeah, it is, and I think it just um,
1: in a in a way, it's kind of um, reaffirming that we as you know people are kind of resilient. Mm. Um, so yeah, so it was yeah really really inspiring to watch that journey. Mm.
0: Yeah, sounds good. So. Okay, so do you have a favorite quote or saying?
1: So, one of the things that came to mind, and I kind of just (laughs) for the majority of the questions, I kind of went with what first came to mind, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to stick with it. Um, And it's, you know, one foot in front of the other or one step at a time. Mm -hmm. And I think that saying is important in kind of all walks of life, but actually, particularly when we're feeling overwhelmed or when we're having a tough time, because I think so often we're focused on you know having to be a certain place further down the line and 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 that can feel really overwhelming and when Mm -hmm. there there are different kind of life pressures lots of different things that might be kind of contributing to you know your circumstances at the time I think actually just focusing on that one step in front of you Mm -hmm. it is sometimes it just allows you to almost regain back control I guess and and yeah, not worry too much about what's kind of in the distant future, um, because I think we again have a, probably have a tendency to kind of do that. You know, I'm um, definitely someone who worries a lot, and uh, and and that can that can be overwhelming. Um, but sometimes we do need to just scale it back back down to, you know, what's the next step? What's in front of us? Um, how can we make it manageable? So yeah. One step at a time, I think, is a, a good
0: reminder in all walks of life. <laughs> yeah, definitely. As a fellow worrier, I think one step at a time is a great thing to think about. I do think we often worry too much about, "Oh, if I take that step, then what's the next step? But sometimes just have to go steady and trust that the next step will become apparent, I suppose.
1: Well, this is it. And I think sometimes, yeah, I, I want like clarity of like, okay, so you know where am I going and what does this exactly look like but actually Mm -hmm. like you say that's not always possible it's not always possible to achieve that um without taking that first step as well so actually just one foot in front of the other and and you can see where where that takes you um and the path often
0: then becomes apparent as you as you go Mm, yeah nice Okay so in your opinion what are some of the biggest challenges that women face today and what can we do to overcome them? I don't know if
1: this is the biggest challenge
0: (laughs) Um, there are many I think
1: Mm -hmm. we um, face on a regular basis (laughs) Um, but one of the things that came to mind is the kind of pressure to do it all Um, Mm -hmm. I think both maybe culturally and societally but also kind of the pressure we put on ourselves to Mm. to do all of the things to you know be caring and supportive partners or parents to um succeed in our careers whether that's you know working being employed or or working for yourself and running a business to you know being a, a good and contributing citizen and you know perhaps yeah helping in that way so there's just lots of different things that I think and you know not to forget you know looking after our own well-being that's Mm -hmm. obviously another thing that so it's it's yeah there's just so many so many things looking after the house you know Mm -hmm. the kind of normal day-to-day chores I think there's just the pace of life is yeah I think perhaps the lockdowns and covid showed us how kind of unsustainable it is actually Mm -hmm. to be to be doing yeah doing it all and and expecting ourselves to to do it well Mm -hmm. you know expecting ourselves to do it all really well and perhaps being a bit harsh on ourselves when we um can't manage and when we do feel overwhelmed with it um I don't know if it's something that you can kind of relate to if
0: it's something that you find in your own life that yeah. yeah challenging. Yeah, definitely and I think there's a few things you said that that really resonated with me. I think you know the pressure that we put on ourselves, you know there is external pressure as well, but there's a lot of pressure and I think the lockdown things fascinating because I think before lockdown I was probably just yeah just doing it and not thinking not questioning it and then I think as things like going out or meeting people or doing the sort of day-to-day things that you would do you know popping to the shops just to get I don't know packet biscuits something those things didn't become things you these things just weren't things you could do anymore so you started to evaluate the time that you had and how you were using it and I certainly you know really struggled to go back to normal socializing and being kind of back in society and it took me a really long time and I'd still say that I'm not there and I'm not sure I ever will go there and I'm fine with that but I do think that that pressure it's all it's it's still there but it's just a bit different since lockdown I don't know what do you think?
1: Yeah it's it's difficult because I think the world has kind of gone back to the way it used to be Mm. and so we've almost kind of forgotten the lessons we've learned already you know Mm. we're only three years in and we've kind of almost already forgotten those lessons um of really yeah really kind of being intentional with our time Mm -hmm. um being intentional with our time and I think yeah I think I know that perhaps slipped back into that old way of of being of of wanting to do it all and expecting myself to be able to to manage it all and I think mm. when I think about that I think it's it's not sustainable mm. um you know we've both you and I have talked about burnout and mm. how much that's present in in our lives at the mm. moment it's you know it's a topic that's constantly talked about why <laughs> because we're all <laughs> striving to be to be able to do all of these things um and and often without necessarily the the community around us that perhaps we would have had in the past so yeah so i think one of the things that i find helpful when thinking about it is you know what kind of season of life are you in right now what's
0: mm-hmm.
1: where are we turning the dials up you know is your work life more important right now and and
0: mm-hmm.
1: what impact does that have on other aspects of your life or is perhaps family time a priority right now and how can you make changes and shifts to reflect that in other areas of life it's like we probably we, we can have it all but not at the same time as a kind of a saying mm-hmm. that perhaps um would be useful here it's it's yeah it's We can't be giving 100% to everything um, at the same time. So I think it's just being conscious of how we approach it all so that we don't end up in this kind of burnout um, stage that takes a long time to recover from, actually. Um, yes, Yeah.
0: Yeah. I like that, you know, what season of life. And we've talked about that before as well, haven't we? But that kind of choosing where to put your focus and being more intentional with it, I think it really is a powerful thing and it can lead you to make better decisions that suit you more but also give you the opportunity to going back to the kind of the small things and enjoying life you know it gives you that opportunity to appreciate those things if you're not doing everything or trying because you can't do everything 100% like you said but if you're not trying to do everything at 100% then it does give you the opportunity to notice the smaller things and to enjoy yourself more yeah and
1: (laughs) when the caveat that it's hard (laughs) it's hard (laughs) to do that it's hard to to you know like the household chores you know they still need doing and so it's 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 such a fine balance isn't it of of Mm -hmm. yeah of choosing where you put your attention but also sometimes knowing that that's where your attention needs to go Mm -hmm. um and I think I'm quite an impatient person by nature and so (laughs) I want to do everything now And Mm -hmm. so it's a yeah, it's a constant battle. So I think I guess I just want to highlight that I haven't got it all figured out and that it's yeah, it's it's definitely an ongoing challenge to kind of to yeah, to do the work that I enjoy doing and, you know, perhaps continue with the studies that I want to continue with without it becoming just too much and overwhelming and taken away from the things that are really important to me, like, you know, family life, for example. Mm. So it's, yeah, it's a constant, yeah,
0: constant balancing act, I think. Absolutely. I'm so with you. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm ever going to nail it, but that's okay. You know, it's a work in progress.
1: <laughs> exactly. I think this is it. I think it's, it's given ourselves permission to be messy within all of that, you know, to be kind of in, in, in flow and in in movement within all of that constantly um
0: and I guess that's just life isn't it oh yeah definitely (laughs) (laughs) okay so what advice would you give to women who are just starting their careers and would like to make an impact
1: I think the biggest thing for me or the biggest thing that I found helpful um has been finding a kind of a community of like-minded people um, and surrounding yourself with them because, and I'll use my example, but obviously not everyone is self-employed. Perhaps, you know, those who mm-hmm. are listening might might be in employment and pursuing different careers, but uh, using my own example, when I first set out and started my own business, I really didn't know anyone. Mm-hmm. Probably, yeah, probably no one really who ran their own business in a kind of creative industry um and i think that that's very different to running your own business in you know if you're a tradesperson for example or you you run a company and you have staff it's you know there are different challenges within each each of those and i think um yeah i think that's one of the things that has really been helpful for me is finding people who are kind of on the same page there experiences are similar so they can understand and support me um and you know I can support them in that journey and I suppose you know actually we met at a co-working space didn't we yeah. um for you know kind of creative kind of women in business and actually it was yeah it's, it's hugely helpful to have those relationships um mm. so that when you are struggling you can run it past someone you're not relying necessarily on family or partners to fully understand your kind of your yeah career or you know work issues and and circumstances um because I feel like unless you're actually doing it it's sometimes hard to grasp what is it running a you know what is it like running a creative business as an example so yeah I think a community of like-minded people I think you can't go wrong with that um and yeah I think it just safeguards us from kind of feeling that loneliness that can come with not having other people to talk to about the things that you're um yeah struggling with or going through
0: Absolutely, I completely agree. I think it's wonderful if you've got someone that you can talk to at home, but having those people that understand what you're actually going through that real struggle of, you know, I need to do this or this part of my business needs this kind of improvement. And they're the kind of discussions or I'm struggling with this bit of my business, I'm not enjoying this bit of my business. And sometimes discussing that with someone at home can make them worry too much. Whereas you might just want to have a chat with somebody and say, oh gosh, because we've talked about this before, we? have talked about bits of our business. We're like, I'm really struggling to do this bit or I don't really, I'm not sure about this bit. Should I change this bit? And that can unnecessarily worry people who care for you. Whereas if it's a, a colleague, friend, somebody you've met who's got a similar business, they really get that struggle. They really understand that, yes, I've been there. I know what you're talking about. Exactly. And like you say, there's a level of
1: detachment. Like mm-hmm. you say, that there isn't, a personal involvement in mm-hmm. in you as a person and your you know success or your growth that there's mm-hmm. a, a healthy detachment that perhaps sometimes is needed as well um so yeah no it's it's been hugely hugely kind of beneficial and I don't think I would be able to do what I do now without that support I think mm-hmm. I'm I'm generally happy to work by myself most of the time I kind of for the most part enjoy it but there is definitely an element of like okay I actually need that community I need a sense of just knowing that there are people that I can turn to should I should I need to um yeah to get some support so
0: yeah it really can be very helpful and I think that's great advice actually because it's something that same as you I didn't know anyone when I started out in business and I didn't think I needed anyone I thought I was fine on my own and Mm. it wasn't until I met people at the co-working club that I was like oh okay it can be easier like it can be easier
1: well exactly this is it it's kind of making it easier for yourself even just voicing what you're going through can be enough sometimes you don't even need to necessarily hear any feedback mm. just having someone there to allow you this space to kind of just process what what's happening can mm. in itself by itself be be really kind of helpful so um yeah if that's mm. yeah that, that's definitely one kind of piece of advice that I would yeah give to anyone kind of just at the beginning of their kind of career journey
0: nice
1: so what's the biggest lesson you've learned I think I'm definitely going to focus on health (laughs) and um, I mean I, I hesitate to say this because it's it's not like we were you know our lives were not endangered but when I got COVID in 2021 I did have not only did we were we quite poorly when we when we had it once we technically recovered There was still a very long recovery period and my kind of energy levels were really affected. And so I I struggled with that for quite a long time. And I think that um, that definitely scared me a little bit because, again, being self-employed, you know, being the only person that's actually running the business, Mm -hmm. it meant that certain things had to take a, a, a step back because I wasn't able to juggle it all and you know going back to what I said earlier mm-hmm. <laughs> I really had to prioritize in that time um to to really pay attention to my energy levels and so I think actually um yeah biggest lesson is to kind of really pay attention to our health and look after ourselves and I know that's quite a cliched thing to say um mm-hmm. but particularly as a business owner ultimately you know you don't necessarily have a business if you're not able to if you're not able to work you know very rarely is there someone else to step in on your behalf what I do is very um it would be difficult to replace myself in the business if you like Mm -hmm. um and so yeah just being really mindful that yeah as I get older as well you know that actually I really need to be paying more attention to that so it's not an easy topic I guess yeah I feel like perhaps it's a yeah it feels like a cliched answer
0: but actually yeah I feel like it's um it feels true right now Mm. yeah I don't I, I mean not to disagree but I don't think it's cliche I think it's really important isn't it I think I remember you going through that and it was really difficult, you know, you really did struggle, and it does make you think about your own mortality, and your own health, and everything, and it's, it's something that we do take for granted, Yeah, we, we, kind of, if we're well, we don't think about the possibility we're going to be poorly, we just think, great, another day, here we go. Yeah, yeah, and it also makes me think,
1: you know, what are the steps you're putting in place, mm. the practical stuff, not just in terms of your own health, but should you not be very well for a little while and you know, should you not be able to work? Actually Yeah, how does that how does that affect your income? What what you know, what's the knock on effect? Um, does that mean you're looking at potentially taking out some income protection insurance or, you know, there are things to consider. Um, And it's, it's, I guess it's not something that I really thought about that much. Mm. Um, And I guess, I guess the lockdowns and COVID probably brought this on too, not because of COVID per se, but because of the, my inability to work as a Mm. wedding photographer, obviously I wasn't able to (laughs) actually Mm. physically work. And so all of a sudden it was like, oh, okay like there is you know hardly any money coming in and what does that look like for us as a family but I feel like yeah the two are interlinked for me because Mm -hmm. should I be unable to work what what does that mean what Mm -hmm. what does that mean to to us as a family to my business and what are the steps I can put in place to safeguard yeah both myself and the business from you know should that happen touch wood
0: it won't it also makes me think about the thing you were saying around having it all and that kind of doing things because you have to. And I think if you're ill as a self employed business owner, you kind of might push yourself a little bit further than you would if you were maybe employed because you're the sole income for your for your business, you're the sole person, especially things like weddings. You want to be there as much as you possibly can and that might lead you to do that kind of trying to have it all yeah (laughs) we don't
1: have the luxury of calling in sick um and we also don't have the luxury of you know a company um kind of sick pay or you know Mm -hmm. whatever schemes they might have in place of course not every company has but Mm -hmm. um some are better than others in terms of looking after you if you are you know poorly and unable to work so yeah, it's it's a really kind of yeah, there's so many layers to this conversation, so many layers to this topic, but um I definitely went back to work much sooner than I was actually ready to. Mm-hmm. Um in terms of those energy levels and my recovery, I think I probably by having to go back to work when I was technically recovered Mm. I I ended up prolonging that um that recovery by quite a bit I think Mm. had I you know taken two or three weeks to fully rest perhaps the story would
0: have been different but I guess we'll never find out Mm, yeah and certainly done it myself so I can totally understand why people and why that happens it's just yeah you just want to be there don't you so it's hard Mm.
1: Mm. yeah yeah, you want to be there and kind of have to be there from a financial yeah. point of view too, you know. <laughs> let's let's be direct with that. You know, it, it was a, both a, a not, I want not to kind of let people down
0: yeah.
1: and a financial need.
0: Mm, absolutely, yeah. So who's your favourite female character in a book, film or TV series? So that was really tricky actually to come up
1: with um I don't So for, for the most part at least in recent years I've been reading a lot of nonfiction. so mm-hmm. I feel like there's no like book characters that I could kind of mm-hmm. some brilliant book character that I could come up with but the person that came to mind was Lorelai Gilmore from Gilmore Girls yeah. one of my favorite shows that is just an easy watch that I really mm-hmm. I've just enjoyed watching over the years every couple of years I kind of go back through the whole mm-hmm. series and just rewatch and yeah I, I love doing that but the reason why I say Lorelai Gilmore is because I think it, and you know not to say that there wasn't a lot of just humanness and messiness and and her character um but I admired her perseverance to kind of live life on her own terms
0: mm-hmm.
1: and right from the beginning of the series you know she doesn't lean into the kind of cultural norms of you know okay you're pregnant so therefore you should get married and mm. you know you should lead a life that we think you should lead um so that's obviously kind of a theme that's you know present throughout the show no spoilers mm-hmm. hopefully <laughs> if no if someone's not watched it and if you've not watched it why Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's a character that I, you know, just, yeah, admired for that kind of really standing up for what she believed in ultimately, Mm -hmm. um, and really choosing to live a life that perhaps raised to my brows and, but ultimately was, was the life she wanted to live and and lead. So, um, so yeah, so that, but I also came up, there was a second character,
0: (laughs) um,
1: a more fun, character that um not that I identify with that person at all um necessarily but um Moira from Schitt's Creek came to mind (laughs) 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 because um I was thinking that I'm quite um quite reserved when it comes to my fashion choices um and and generally perhaps as a person and I just loved how just Outrageous, her outfits were, and she just did not care. She, you know, in this small town, she just wears these big outfits, these like crazy things, and she just pulls it off and has Mm -hmm. absolutely no, um, yeah, no regard for what other people might think. And so, I would like to lean into that energy a little bit more, I think.
0: Oh my gosh, two amazing women. Like, what great characters. I love them both. Like, ah, oh, wow. Yeah, I love Laura Wiggumar. She's so, I don't know, she's just got so much tenacity. And she's really, yeah, she's really like, this is how I'm doing it. And I'm not going to be influenced by the people around me. I care about them and I'm interested in what they think. But this is how I'm doing it. And I'm staying in this line. And that is, yeah, really inspiring and yeah Moira is just amazing just like yeah <laughs> a brilliant choice and same I probably quite I mean I'm definitely reserved compared to Moira so it is nice to think about how little she worries about other people's opinions yeah
1: yeah yeah and I, I guess that's what um you know fictional characters can do for us in a way is that give us that kind of inspiration or permission mm-hmm. I guess to kind of maybe yeah if if we if we are drawn to something, maybe there's a reason why why we are so,
0: yeah, oh, I love them, amazing choices, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the final question, what have you learned from women?
1: I'm not sure if that's a direct answer to your question, but um, I think what I've learned over the years is that we're kind of stronger together, and mm-hmm. that we need community and I suppose it kind of goes back to a little bit to what I said earlier you know we we need each other we need each other to lean on and um yeah when we are really there for one another and supportive of one another um that's kind of where yeah it's the real kind of beauty in in life I think when we're able to do that for each other um So yeah, I think yeah we're stronger
0: together. I think
1: that's probably the message (laughs) I'm trying to convey.
0: Yeah, that's a really lovely message, and I completely agree. I think as a young girl, a stroke teenager, stroke probably twenty year old, I was wrongly under the impression that women were competition. I think there's a whole societal narrative around you know women are competition. You know you're only as good as X Y Z etc. And I. hadn't really thought about until I got older how damaging that is for friendships and how damaging that is for you know just life in general if you're thinking about well you know I'm only as good as the next person and they're better than me and there's comparison that comes into life because of the way that you know there's this narrative around not necessarily I mean it's quite a strong way to say it competition but that is how certainly I was brought up to believe um so turning that narrative around and being we're stronger together is so empowering.
1: Yeah, I can totally relate to that. Um, When I think back to my school years, Mm. it was really apparent how... And it's hard. Is it cultural? Is it, you know, societal? Mm. What what are the influences? I'm not totally Mm. sure. Perhaps it's actually on reflection, perhaps it's more of a belonging thing Mm -hmm. belonging theme that actually you know girls would create situations where we -hmm. had to pick sides and you know and then I think um ultimately that doesn't achieve anything it it just isolates people it Mm -hmm. it creates that comparison and it you know there is enough of that in our lives already (laughs) Mm -hmm. and you know we probably do that to ourselves enough already as it is so actually Mm -hmm. yeah embracing that kind of more of a community and yeah just just wanting to support each other and yeah empower each other I guess Mm as you know that's that's kind of that's what I'm trying to focus on now rather than Mm -hmm. the perhaps more childish kind of um (laughs) behavior patterns from you like you say perhaps you know high school and and school school years Mm. um so yeah it's it's something that i'm yeah just trying to embrace more in my life i think
0: nice very nice (laughs) so where can people find you online good question
1: i always forget (laughs) So on Instagram I'm at Anna Dunleavy um, and that's D U N L E A V Y mm-hmm. and my website is also com, although that needs a little bit of a refresh
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, I also recently started a Substack and that's also under my name and the Substack is called ebb and flow mm-hmm. and The bit I always forget about is that I also have a podcast and that's called Business in Bloom, (laughs) Uh, where I also have conversations with other women um, who run their own businesses. So, um, yeah, all of those places,
0: but predominantly probably Instagram currently. Mm. Lovely. I will link to all of those in the notes so people can find you. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much. It's really nice to kind of talk to you about different subjects
1: yeah thank you definitely some thought-provoking questions that i had to had to take a minute to kind of think about so yeah thank you
0: you can find me over on instagram at grow underscore with underscore moxie or you can email me at hello at uk. i'm also on substack under moments of moxie the podcast will also be hosted over there as well as in all the other places that you can find it Thank you for listening, and if you like this, press subscribe, do you get the next episode straight in your feed. I hope you're having a really wonderful week. I'll speak to you soon.